0: All right, so welcome back to episode two of Tales from the Service Industry. Tonight, I am being joined by Natalie. Hello. Uh, Natalie and I have actually worked together for a couple of years. So while I know her, I would like her to introduce herself, uh, share a little bit about how she got into the industry and some of the jobs that she's done.
1: Awesome. So the way that I got into this industry was a little funny. Nobody gets into this industry because they want to, right?
0: It's never intentional.
1: No. No. I was a junior in high school and they were offering kind of like occupational programs Mm -hmm. to get more like extra credits and get advanced and um, possibly either one, have a lot of free time when you're a senior or get out early. Like by lunchtime, you can go home. And, uh, you know, I was like, yeah, I want to go home early. Who doesn't? Right. (laughs) Not thinking that I was going to start working my senior year. So it it wasn't really free time. But, um, so I, um, I think it was called like ROP. They had a dental, medical, and hospitality industry option. And I was like, I don't think I want to do dental or um, medical. And to be honest, I didn't even know what the hospitality industry was. But I said, okay, well, let's check it out. First day in class, I was like, okay, okay. I think I can get into this. You know, friends, this is cute. Uh, straight out of high school whatever from then on senior year came and i was still involved in these classes and then they were um offering like internships okay kind of like internships and um so i got my feet into a little bit of that and i was like yeah i think i can do this i think i like this and i continued uh doing a program with um Orange Coast College. Okay. And I got more and more involved, but it wasn't like, oh, I want to do this. You know, this is what my life is going to be like. I was just kind of like going along with it. And then 13 years later, here I am. (laughs) So I started as front desk reservations and then I dipped a little into accounting. That was terrible. I would never do that again. And then I moved over into the dark world of sales Mm. and I've been there ever since. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm
0: apartment i don't want to be in ever
1: well you know
0: it's just it's not my personality Mm -hmm. i'd rather be back of house and make things happen i feel you
1: you and that's your forte i i will say that's your forte
0: it's where i'm comfortable at least i at least i know it and i own it
1: (laughs) and that i feel like that's where we balanced each other right because Mm. you like you're so hands-on with ops and i'm i feel like i'm strong in ops too but i rather sell I'd rather, I'd rather be that cheery, you know, salesperson
0: Right, ah, and Well, I mean, that's, that's, your, that's your niche. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So I know that's been more than a couple of years because we worked together for a couple of years. Yeah. So thinking back to when you started as an intern till now, mm-hmm. it's pretty obvious that the art industry has changed. But what are some of the things that you've seen that have changed, good mm-hmm. or
1: bad? I think the industry has, has gone a little more laid back. Mm-hmm. Um, back then I feel like it was very like buttoned up professional. The arrival to a hotel was very grand, even if the hotel was not a grand hotel, just arriving to like a boutique or a smaller, you know, property.
0: Look, just cause it has grand <laughs> in the name doesn't mean it's grand.
1: <laughs> yeah. So even just the presence, you know, of like arriving to a hotel. Whereas to, like, now, and and by no means, I mean no disrespect to the younger generations. Like, it just feels like the front desks are either ran by, like, really young kids that don't care, that are kind of, like, bun up and, like, lashes falling out or, Mm. or just, like, not buttoned up, you know, not uniformed. And back in my days, we had to be wearing, like, our suit. It was, like, skirt and blazer or, you know, pants and blazer and, like... We better we wear be wearing pantyhoses yeah. Or we would get sent home.
0: High heels, pantyhose, yes. pencil skirt, button up blouse with a blazer.
1: And you better not have clown makeup on. And now, well
0: It's none of the above. <laughs> no,
1: no, it's crazy. It's scary sometimes when you when you're arriving to a hotel and you see uh, Miss Girlfriend with wing liner up to the gods. Mm-hmm. Looks cute, just not professional.
0: Yeah, I think like for me I think one of the things that I've noticed that's changed a lot is the way people book hotels. You know, it when I first got in the industry, there was there was no such thing as Expedia and third party online booking agencies, OTAs.
1: There was no websites.
0: No. You know, so it's like if you wanted to, if you wanted to book a hotel, you had two choices. You either call the hotel direct or you book through a third party, like tour and travel kind of a corporation, Mm -hmm. you know, so people were paying, I I, I hate to say paying a fair price, but they were paying what the room was valued at, Mm -hmm. you know, then the third parties came along and they said, Oh, well you can advertise on us. We'll fill your hotel. And we're gonna only charge you eighteen mm-hmm. percent. Well, you take eighteen percent out of their room rates. I mean, who wants to lose twenty percent off the top?
1: Right off the bat.
0: Yeah. So then, you know, hotels have to adjust to be able to remain in business. So their rates go up. Mm-hmm. It becomes kind of a a death spiral mm-hmm. almost. You know, because they start losing money, so they raise rates in return. Fewer people book direct. They go through the OTAs. Mm-hmm. It's just it's bad. And I, I think it sets a bad precedent over time. People want the cheapest of the cheap at the highest of service levels. You know, so with some of these OTAs, you'll get people that'll book on, you know, frequent reward member points or, you know, special discounts and they're coming in with absurdly low rates mm-hmm. and they want the world. And it's not that they aren't necessarily entitled to it. But they're not entitled to it. They
1: want the, uh, what's that saying? They want the cheeseburger for, for a price of, I don't know, there's a saying. It's yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, the version that I had heard is that they want champagne on a beer budget.
1: Okay, yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, that kind of speaks in our language yeah. more. But, um, yeah, you know, you want, you want five-star premium resort service and quality of accommodations for $64 a night. It's just not going to work.
1: No. It's funny that you mentioned the whole I'm going through a website comment because I just ran into some collateral from like the 70s in my office. Well, at the hotel you're at now? N- not in my office, but in an office, yes. We were cleaning up, purging. I ran into some sales collateral from, I would say, 70s, 80s. No websites anywhere in sight. No. It, it it was it was just like call us at yada yada yada, or fax us at blah blah blah. And I'm just like, oh my god. I mean, we have a fax machine, but no one really uses that. Anywhere.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's another that's another incredible way that the industry has changed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I remember the fax machines that before that the plain paper that was all on the thermal paper. Oh, yeah. Don't put it too close to the heater uh-huh. or whatever. It turns uh-huh. black.
1: Um, a dinosaur. I found some dinosaurs.
0: Did you throw them away or did you keep No,
1: them? absolutely not. I'm keeping them. I want to see them. Mm-hmm.
0: I want at least pictures. I think that'd be cool.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So you and I both ended up working through COVID-19.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I know that you know the, the hotel that we were at, We we tried to keep the hotel open for a short period of time. You know, the the client client base was definitely not what we had wanted. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Other hotels remained open the whole time where we had shut down. And our experience was very different from other hotels. You know, so one of the things that I wanted to talk with you about was, you know, some of those experiences that we went through COVID together on.
1: Where shall we begin?
0: Well, let's start with my favorite. Okay. Okay. My favorite was the night that I got a call that person had broken into the hotel
1: um, okay so when the hotel was closed
0: yeah when we were closed
1: okay we had just left that night
0: I know I had uh. just gotten I had just gotten home yeah got a call that the fire department uh, yeah. was there at the hotel mm-hmm. and that basically somebody had broken into the into a first floor room and had set off the smoke detector
2: mm-hmm.
0: fortunately for all of us, the room that he had broken into was an ADA room. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And with the ADA rooms, their smoke smoke detectors are wired to the entire hotel.
2: Oh,
1: that's
0: something I didn't know. Yeah. So for the most part, the smoke detectors in the rooms are local. Smoke detectors in public areas are hotel wide. Okay. But with ADA rooms, the law requires that the smoke detectors in those rooms be wired with the public area. Hmm. Yeah, so, you know, it was fortunate for us that the guy broke in and was smoking a cigarette in right. in that particular room. You know, the, the way I find out about it, getting a call from the fire department, the city fire department.
1: And then maintenance.
0: And maintenance.
1: So my adrenaline that night was already, like, up at 1,000 because I was going hiking. And it was COVID time, so everything was closed. I couldn't go to the gym. That's
0: right. You were, you were on a hike.
1: Well, I mean... Or
0: just... Just finished?
1: About arrived. I don't know. Everything was shut down. Couldn't go to the gym. So I was, my adrenaline was high already because I had, I think I had just finished this hike. So I was happy and like sweaty and just, you know, excited. Normally that's what a a workout gets you going. And then we get this call. So then I get on the phone phone with you. And I'm just like, okay, I think I'm closer than you. And you're like, well, I think I can make it in like 15 minutes. I was like, well, I think I can make it in 10. So then we're like both driving to the same location. And I think we got there at the same time.
0: Uh, Literally. Yeah. And
1: we're like, we just left. What is going on? And then I remember we had to go floor by floor and just make sure that, you know, everything was safe. But I was like, I'm not going to go like floor by floor by myself, I'm going with you. So, you know, we just stuck together. That was one of the many COVID stories. That was when we were closed. Yeah. A story that I remember while we were closed was the one where we all somehow missed that homeless person. That was charging his phone on the hallway. And then when our night auditor came in.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: When our night auditor came in that night, she missed him too because he happened to, like, go hang out in the lobby for a minute. So she passed by the hallway, but she noticed all his um, belongings in the hallway.
0: This was the guy that ended up trying to break into the ATM, right? Yes. Yes.
1: Remember that day how you were you left the bathroom key in the lobby, you and I said, "Oh, you should put that away." And I was like, "Who's?" And we said, "Oh, that's right. left it
0: left it on the front desk."
1: Yeah, because we're like, "Well, it's a it's an empty hotel. It's a closed hotel." Well, this guy went wandering around. He grabbed the key to the bathroom, thinking he could open the ATM with it. Yeah. That that story that that whole night was weird
0: and night was weird so my my favorite part of it though was watching the auditor on the camera right. come out and scrappy do with him
1: yes she is so brave like she I, I i don't think i i have the courage to do that but she was just like you could see in the in the footage she was like i think she was cussing him out Oh yeah! Based on like the the hand gestures, she was like
0: oh, uh, aggressive. Oh, straight up! I was waiting for the chocolate to come up.
1: <laughs> yeah, she she totally would have.
0: Oh, absolutely! But
1: that was scary. But while open a story while open during COVID time, well, it's not a story. It's just. Um, I guess the the dealing that we had to do with all these unsavory guests, you know, mm. um, during COVID time, and everybody was either one shut down or two had super low rates. That drove in all of the inexperienced travelers.
0: <laughs> the worst of the worst of the inexperienced. Well, no, they were experienced, just in. The wrong ways with travel. Yes, I mean the number of fake IDs, bogus credit cards, attempting to pass a third-party credit card authorization, etc., was just crazy. The
1: stories we would get on the daily. Yes. I lost my ID and I'm traveling. I can't find it. I only have a copy of it. My credit card got stolen. Uh, but no, the the credit card you stole the credit card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: You made the credit card disappear. Yeah. It blows me away that they think that we're not going to catch these things.
1: And we are touching and feeling credit cards and IDs on the daily. On why the daily? They, why would they assume that? From all
0: around mm-hmm. the world. You know, my, okay, so I, I'm gonna share a story with you from long ago, and I, you may have heard it, mm-hmm. I don't know. But um, we were working one night, and we got a walk in guest that had a picture of a credit card and a quote-unquote third-party authorization form to go along with it. But the photo, the credit card, was not a normal photo. So, you know, normally if somebody's going to send a picture of a photograph, they will do what? They put the card flat on a table, they take the picture from directly above kind of thing, right? So this card was, it was on a table, but the way they took the picture was like high-fashion photographer. It was like oh. at, at a at an odd... Portrait. It was... It was on the corner, it was at an odd angle. It just it, – it, it was unnatural.
2: Mm-mm.
0: And I was standing there looking at it, and I realized that it had been Photoshopped. And the way I knew that it was Photoshopped is there's, there's a thing that you can do with text that is called a drop shadow. Mm-hmm. Okay, It makes things look three-dimensional. Mm. But here's the problem. They had the drop shadow going two different directions on the same card.
1: I feel. So like, did you did you see this? I did. Uh, of course. Of
0: course, I the, am the one that's gonna they see it, right?
1: Yeah, wrong person. Yeah,
0: so like the drop shadow on the numbers is going towards the right. With the drop shadow on the skills. yeah on the yeah. on the name is going to the left. It's like obviously it's not mm-hmm. right. So I took the card. I put, um, there, there was a website that you can go to that you can check the authenticity of a a bank bin, uh, the, the bank identification number.
1: Right. You've shared that
0: one. Yeah. So I went to the the website, I punch in the number and the bank bin on the, in the photo came back to a South Carolina teacher's credit union. Mm -hmm. But the card itself was a chase card. Mm. The number didn't match the card. So. All the red flags. Yeah, every red flag, right? Mm -hmm. So I go back to the front and I said to the lady, I said, you know, hey, I appreciate your patience. I'm just waiting on a manager to come up to give authorization to go (laughs) ahead with getting this checked in. So if I can have you have a seat, I'll be back with you in probably, you know, 10 minutes or so. So just be patient. Now, all the while, I'm wearing a manager on duty tag, right? She doesn't even notice that. I go in the back. I call nine one one because it's a crime in progress. Go through the whole thing with the uh, the dispatcher, and crazily enough, cops are there in the lobby in maybe five minutes.
1: Wait, is this the girl with the doggy? Yes. Oh my god! Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Story.
0: So, <laughs> yeah. So you know, the, the cops take him outside. I walked out, and I'm kind of overhearing a little bit of it. And I hear one of the officers going down all the information that she's given about, you know, this is your name. She says, yes. Your social, yes. Your date of birth, yes. Address, yes. He looks at her and he goes, okay, so I'm going to give you two options here. Number one, you can be truthful. Give me all the information that really is you. Or two, stay with the story that you've already given me and I'm going to have animal control come and take take your dog away. And because it's a chihuahua, Nobody wants those dogs, so it's going to probably be put down. (laughs) So So she says nothing at this point. She just looks at the cop, and the cop let her hang for a good four or five seconds. And I see this big tear well up in the corner of her eye, runs down her cheek, Mm -hmm. drips off her chin. And she says, okay, my name is, and gives the cop completely different information. Like all of it, 100% different. At the end of the whole thing, they take them all away, and I talked to the cop, and he said to me that she had just gotten out of jail from serving time for what? Identity theft. Oh, my God. And credit card fraud. And you're right back in there. It's like, clearly you're
1: not good at it. No, Stop. (laughs) She didn't have enough of jail time. I wonder where she got the dog from then. I don't know. Oh, poor puppy. I hope he's doing well though. What happened to the puppy? Uh
0: the cop the cop gave her the opportunity that if she was truthful with him, she would allow her to call a friend to come okay. get the dog. Okay. As
1: and, long as the dog's okay.
0: Yeah. And and the <laughs> cop was the cop was honest about it. He Aww. I mean it took a half hour or so for the, the friend to get there. Alright, so looping back to uh the hotel being closed during COVID.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, we talked about couple of things that happened. One of the things that happened that I was most intrigued about, but yet seemed to bother me the least, was ghosts.
1: Hmm. You can talk about your
0: Well, my experience with them at that time was cleaning carpets. Right. You know, the hotel is closed. Cleaning carpets, just deep cleaning, trying to get the hotel, you know, to a point where when it is time to reopen, it it can kind of be a flip of the switch and we're good to go. Mm-hmm. So I'm up on the upper floor. I'm the only one within, what, 300 feet of any direction, mm-hmm. shampooing carpets, stop the machine, I'm unplugging it to move it, and I swear to God, I hear a girl giggle.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, hee <laughs> Right behind me, just behind and to my right. I turn around. Nobody's there. And weirdly enough, it just didn't bother me.
1: Like, it didn't give you goosebumps or anything, like chills? A little bit. Yeah.
0: Even now. I mean, look at that. (laughs) Um, But it was never a sense of fear or dread. Yeah. It was just... It was more
1: of a sense of presence. I think that day when you were cleaning carpets, I also had a... I don't know if it was, like, a feeling or something, but remember, was that the day that I came up running to down the hall and asking, like, did you call me or something like that?
0: Um, no, it wasn't that day, oh. but it was, it was, like, within a couple of days of that.
1: Yeah. We I, had, like,
0: that, it was, like, that spurt of activity.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: Because it was, I mean, we had nothing for weeks, and then it was, like, boom, boom, boom. We had the giggles. We had...
1: The lobby situation. Yes. So it was it was uh myself you and our accountant at the moment and mm-hmm. i think i think our accountant and and i were just joking kind of like if you're here present yourself type yes and then he made the comment and then there was like a loud bang on the wall mhm were you there mhm yes so then we all kind of just stared at each other like what mm-hmm. like what the hell just happened and so we go out to try to investigate to see. We were we were trying to find logic behind it. Like let's see what it was. Like what was it? You know, but then there was nothing. Like the only thing behind that area, I think it's the elevator shaft yeah. or like the elevator. I don't know what it's called. Like the motor room or machinery room. Yeah. So we couldn't find a logic behind that, and then and then the chandelier. So the
0: chandelier was creepy. creepy. Yeah. Because that, that thing was swinging, what, what is that, foot and a half, two feet, yeah. either direction? Yeah. No earthquakes? I mean, I remember going online after that whole thing, trying to find any earthquakes in the area, nothing.
1: That was strange. And I was just staring at it like, okay, somebody's playing with us. And then we went on up on a ladder to see how how sturdy how heavy it was
0: well yeah and remember I pushed it with the broom too mm-hmm. and like when I saw it swinging it was swinging evenly back and forth when mm-hmm. I pushed it with the broom not only I mean not only did I have to put a fair amount of effort in it to get it to move but it didn't swing yeah it, it didn't swing deep. even it swung with a twist like yeah. it was spinning while it was rocking back and forth it was not what we saw
1: yeah that was. Strange, and then, um, my story with the oh no, I have two stories. I have the moaning lady,
0: oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: and um, the ghost, or I call it the ghost, but the ghost that mimicked,
0: yes, our chief, our chief, yeah.
1: So, um, the chief story, I was uh, I was leaving home, and obviously, the, the hotel is closed, and I'm walking towards the exit. remember how we had to lock the doors, and lock them from the inside <laughs> yeah. and all that. So we had to exit through the back of the building, and I'm walking towards the back of the building It's a long hall and hallway and um and I can hear our chief working in a room, and confidently, I shout out because he had he had a few of the doors propped open. Cause he was working on him, and I confidently said, I was like, bye, bye. I'm leaving now. And there's no response. And I'm like, hello. I said, bye. And so I don't hear anything. And I'm like, okay, he's messing around with me. So I call his cell phone Mm -hmm. so I can like hear where the ring, like where his ringer's at. And then he answers and I'm like, I said, bye. Did you not hear me? And he's like, I'm in my shop. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm out. Yeah, straight and,
0: up in another building Yeah, and then, 500 feet away.
1: So I was like, what do you mean you're in your shop? He's like, yes, I'm over here, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, I gotta go. So like, I just like booked it and as I'm running out, he meets me in the parking lot because he thought I needed something. And he's like, what happened? And I was like, I just heard you in room yada, yada, yada. He's like, no. I was like, are you sure you weren't in, like in the patio like area in the balcony area? He's like, no, I just got out of my shop. And I was like, oh, hell no. That was scary. Mm-hmm. So then there's that one. And then in the same hallway, as I'm going towards the lobby, I heard like a like a moaning female voice, but like a complaint type of moan, like very like like a painful, like like, oh, like. But I don't even know how to explain it. And that right there gave me, like, goosebumps. That gave me chills. And at that moment, when I heard that, I didn't even want to stop. I just, like, kept walking. I was like, okay, I'm going to walk into my office and close my door and, like, not open it. And that was scary. I think that was it for ghost stories. But...
0: Well, there was there was more than once that we heard somebody walking on the floor above us. Right. And then, I mean, I remember running up those stairs three or four times, coming through the you know the the emergency exit, and there's just nobody in the hallway. Doors yeah. are secure, everything's locked, but we hear the thump 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 of footsteps. Yeah.
1: And then, and then there was always the the funny uh, joke about your office chair.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> when um, so you would occasionally like step out of your office from your second exit. Yeah. So
0: so there were two there were two doors, one that was into the back office, one that led directly to the front desk yeah. or to the uh directly the to lobby.
1: the lobby. Yeah. So occasionally you would exit through the lobby and I wouldn't know because you went out the other way and I'd be I would hear it would sound what what sounds to me like when you, like, move out of your office chair or, like, the clickety-clacking of your keyboard. Mm-hmm. So I would confidently shout, your, <laughs> like, sh- shout out for you or, like, ask you X, Y, Z question. And I'm like, hello, hello. And then I would go out and check out, like, what you're doing and there's nobody there. Yeah. So that was always, like, the well, running mo- joke you're... Ass chair,
0: my ass ghost. Ass ghost. Um, But there was more than more than one time that I remember going out that lobby door, you know, doing whatever I had to do, coming in the main office door Mm -hmm. for you, like talking to me, and I'm not even there. Oh right, I'm coming through the door as you're talking to whoever the ass ghost is. Ass ghost.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That happened more often than I'd like to admit.
1: Yeah. Um. I just. I still wish we would have. Uh, used your, what's the little oh, machine the, you bought? Oh,
0: the, the yeah, spirit the box. Yeah, spare,
1: the spirit box. That would have been fun. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know if it would have been fun, honestly.
0: I think but, it would have been fun.
1: But the running story behind that floor where you experienced the giggling sound, most housekeepers will tell you that there's something funny going on in that floor,
0: yeah. right? When Okay, so um, not too long after that whole thing happened, I was sharing it with the maintenance supervisor. Mm-hmm. And his comment was nothing about like shock or disbelief. He looked at me and he said, oh, the little girl in the yellow dress.
1: Mm, That's right. I
0: was like, okay, so this has been going on Mm -hmm. for a while. And he was saying that um, he had mentioned that he had heard it, but that several of the room attendants had seen her Mm -hmm. and described her as being, you know, six or seven years old kind of long hair and a yellow dress, Mm -hmm. which I'm always shocked when people are so detailed about things because it's like, you know, you watch these paranormal shows on TV Mm -hmm. and what do they show? Like a little ball of light. Yeah. How are these people seeing... An orb. Yeah. How are these people seeing a little girl, seven years old, long hair, wearing a yellow dress? Mm -hmm. But the, uh, the housekeepers were adamant that that was a spirit that was on that floor and had been for years.
1: Right. And, I mean, I... I wouldn't, I believe you because, well, not that I don't believe you, but I believe you. (laughs) I believe you, but I don't believe you. Because, okay, so remember how we came on board and then we, what, we only had like three months of normalcy before COVID? Yeah. So in those three months that we had together, I don't think Housekeeping shared any of those stories with you. Like Mm -mm. there was no time. It was like turn and burn that those three months were so busy for us. Mm -hmm. I don't think there was time to like, um, mix and mingle about ghosts. And then, and then we experienced the ghost. And then once we reopened and shared the story with our housekeepers, that's when they were like, Oh yeah, confirmed little girl with the yellow dress. And it's like, Oh, okay. Well, thanks for the warning. Yeah,
0: Thanks for the heads up.
1: Like we dealt with her like all 2020.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, on a, on, on the first, podcast of this that we did, we actually touched on ghosts. Mm. Um, at the hotel that I was at before, ours, that's where we kind of had a story trend, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the room attendants there, they won't clean rooms on that floor by themselves anymore. Mm. You know, and that's that's a really common theme in housekeeping. Mm-hmm. You know, once, once a room is deemed to be haunted, nobody will want to clean that room Absolutely. by themselves.
1: Especially, I feel like, the Latino community you know yeah absolutely we're big believers in that so they better take their uh what holy water yeah and yeah yeah
0: you know and and that's why like for us when something happens you you don't share it with the housekeeping staff Mm -hmm. because that's the result
1: that's the end of it that's the end of it Mm -hmm. okay
0: so Mm -hmm. (laughs) moving on from ghosts um You know, what are what are some of the things that you see in our industry that um, are misconceptions that guests have about the hotel business? Outrageous requests.
1: (laughs) Outrageous requests that cannot be accommodated. Um, So
0: so more than like, can I have six towels, please?
1: uh, I can give you six towels. What I cannot do for you is rip the carpet out of your room by tomorrow and have hardwood floors. I know this sounds crazy.
0: You had a guest that wanted you to remove the carpet.
1: Absolutely, yes.
0: And install hardwood just for them?
1: Yes. Um, Overnight. Overnight, guest was very upset when she walked into her room that we still have carpets in our rooms. She was going to be taking off early the next morning and coming back really late at night. And she expected for us to uh, rip the carpets out and have hardwood floors ready for her to go ready to go by the next night. Um, so you know, we suggested we actually have um, a room that has hardwood floors. So we it's not the same room type, but we suggested, hey, so if the floor is your issue, here is what we can do for you. We can move you to this room, hardwood floors, and then the the question came about, well, I promised my bedding types, the same bedding types that I have. And we said, no, we're n- we don't have bunk beds in that floor mm. that you want to move to. But it has two queen beds and it has the hardwood floors that you desperately are in need. She said, well, see, this is what I'm saying. You can't do anything for me. <laughs> so, you know, at that point, it's just like, okay, Miss Smith, Here, let's get real. What you're asking, does it make sense in your head? Like, does it make sense in your head? Can you do this for anybody else? Like,
0: Just on a whim, can you rip out the carpet, put in hardwood floors? Right.
1: And then she goes off about, well, you know, yesterday I asked you to um, bring me uh, cleaning supplies, and you didn't want to give me your cleaning supplies, so I had to go off and buy my own. And I said, Miss Smith... Once again, I can give you a disinfectant, and that's about it. And she goes off, you know, about how we we're not giving her what she wants. At this point, you know, I I told her I've run out of I, I've run out of options for you. You either stick with the room that you booked because you booked this. Our pictures have a carpet. Oh, yeah, I don't know where, I don't know where you got this hardwood floor idea from. I can give you. You can stay there. I can give you the room that I offered or you can go home or or, or you don't have to go home. You just got to find a hotel that's going to tickle your pickle.
0: (laughs) That's out of my playbook. Okay, so I'm going to give you two options.
1: Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? I think I picked that up from you. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I love it. (laughs) I didn't hear from her again. Oh, you will. Well, I hope
0: not. It'll, It'll find its way onto every third party review site she can find. Okay, for me, a misconception of the hotel industry that I see a lot is that people don't understand that our industry is no different than the fast food industry from the sense that anybody can buy a burger chain location.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay?
0: So just because and and we're we're purposely avoiding corporate names, mm-hmm. but you know, if if you've got a big One of the main management companies that's out there for hotels flying the flag at the the front of the property. It doesn't mean that that company owns and operates the hotel. Right. It can be owned by Mr. Smith. It can be run by, you know, Blue Sky Management Company. And it appears to be a big box hotel. Right. Just
1: like McDonald's. Yeah. Just like, well, yeah.
0: And I see people all the time that try to leverage a minor situation into a major situation just to be able to say, if you don't do X, I'm going to sue you. You know, And it's like, what do you expect to get? Mm-hmm. Just because it, it, it has a, a W or an M or whatever on the flag, it, you're not going to get millions of dollars, You know, especially for a small thing. I mean, you saw in the news, what was that, about a week or two ago, the woman that stayed at the local oh. resort uh, paid out $100,000 because she had bed bug bites.
1: I don't understand how... I don't understand it either. How that corporation paid off.
0: Understand how or why? Because well, I understand the how. <laughs> I, I don't mean, understand the why.
1: Why? Like, you can't trace the animal, where it came from. Yeah. And they're everywhere. Unfortunately.
0: I mean, I mean you know, and people have this this incorrect mindset that... Um, having a bed bug in your room is representative of cleanliness, and it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, it has nothing to do with cleanliness. If we're talking about roaches, yeah, that has everything to do with cleanliness. I have seen people scam hotels with bed bugs that they have brought with them in jars. Mm-hmm. Just to be able to have a live bug in the room and say, there's a bed bug.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I've seen it myself, I've dealt with them, it.
1: right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it's all part of their scams. And we won't go into deep details on that, but that's the that's the way those folks operate. So I think that one of the misconceptions is is that people need to understand that a lot of hotels, especially the smaller ones, you know, four or five rooms like a bed and breakfast size up until I mean even hundred and twenty, hundred and fifty, two hundred rooms can be just individual people. So don't look for your payout with bogus with the lawsuits. Mom and pop.
1: Yeah. Little, yeah.
0: Okay. I have a question for you. What things could a guest know and do that would make them better guests in the hotel? Hmm. I don't, and, and I, to be clear, I, I'm not saying like, you know, behave, well, maybe it is a behavioral thing, but try not to say that like it's their bad behavior, but what would make the stay, the process, the experience better for them if they understood about our industry?
1: Mm-hmm. Be a, like being a better traveler. How to be a better mm-hmm. traveler. Um Stop using debit cards. Yes. The reason why, you know, car rentals, hotels, and such places ask for credit cards is because when you use a debit card, you're going to see it on your end as a pending hold or mm-hmm. pending, you know. For us, it's just a authorization. When you use your debit card for like, let's say you have um, automatic, uh, automated uh, bills and whatnot, you know, you use your debit card for whatever you use it. Once that... I don't know how to explain this. I can explain it. Yes, please.
0: Okay. So <laughs> the easiest way to think about it is this. A debit card is cash. Yes. A credit card is... Is fake money.
1: Okay. Yes, that's that's a cleaner way. Yeah.
0: So, like, for myself, it, when I travel, I don't want to put it on a credit card. Mm-hmm. I don't want to pay the interest. So I'll pay, I want to pay with a debit card. But the way I do it is I provide the credit card at check-in. Mm-hmm. They can run whatever the authorization amount is that they want. It doesn't matter to me. On departure, when they say, do you want to leave it on the card that you checked in with, that's when I switch it and say no. I'd like to charge it on my debit card.
1: Right. Because, because it does a final ho- charge.
0: It's a it's a final charge. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think that if people understood that better, then you would see a big decrease in some of the challenges that the front desk goes through.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, how many times did we have people come back screaming at us because we had a hold on their quote unquote credit card that turns out to be a debit card, and that card declined at the park for the souvenirs for the kids.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so now it's my fault that you didn't understand that credit card and debit cards behave
1: differently. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, and I think that's a critical thing that people need to understand.
1: Mm -hmm. And everywhere, at least everywhere I've been to, requires a deposit. So I'm not sure why some guests come in with their Story that we've all heard.
0: This is the only hotel that charges a deposit. This is ridiculous. I've been
1: everywhere around the world, and I've stayed never... in
0: thousands of hotels, <laughs> literally thousands of hotels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm sorry, ma'am. I still need a deposit for your stay. Every night we hold a certain amount. It's just everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've never been. Even our, even our sister properties, you know, or like. Within our um, management company, they don't give us a break and say, oh, you're an employee. We're, yeah. we're not going to hold a X amount of money on your card. No,
0: we're treated like every other yeah, guest. Yeah,
1: so I, I don't understand where this comment comes from. But yes, we're going to need a security deposit. Do not use your debit card to hold um, you know, the total plus the deposit. And third-party reservations and the room types.
0: Oh, uh, Yes.
1: It's unfortunate to say this, but third parties are not guaranteed a room type. The the room type.
0: Well, they might be guaranteed the room type, but not the bedding. The bedding becomes the point that can swing. I mean, because if you know you book a room with a standard room with a king bed,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: well, you booked a standard room. Mm -hmm. The betting is a request.
1: Right. And that's the downfall of booking through a third party. And it ties our hands because we can't do anything either. It's like the reservation comes through and they just grab whatever's in our inventory available and that's what you get. That's it. And I can't make a change on the room type. I mean, I guess I I could, but I'm going to put out one of our, let's just say one of our guests that booked directly through us or, Mm -hmm. or whatnot. Third parties are good to book through, I guess, if you're looking to save a buck or two. But like we mentioned earlier, you can expect to pay $60 for... A five the penthouse, you know, we're yeah. not giving you the penthouse.
0: Well, you know, the other thing is that, you know, oftentimes if you are looking to book a room and you call the hotel direct, you'll find oftentimes that they're more than happy to accommodate your reservation at a reasonable rate, mm-hmm. oftentimes mirroring what the the OTA is offering. Mm-hmm. But then you also get the opportunity to take advantage of frequent stay programs, reward points, whatever the case may be directly with the hotel.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and anytime you book direct, they're going to... It carries a different level of priority, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. to ensuring that you're in the right room type, the right bedding type, et cetera. The priority goes to that book direct guest.
1: Yeah. And this is not like we're not bashing our OTA partners, you know, because at the end of the day, they do help us build our base, but it doesn't make it any easier for the guest when the guest wants to change dates or, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. And the (laughs) pandemic made that all worse. (laughs) All right. You know, you get these you get these folks that will book through a third party on a non refundable reservation. So if they have to cancel, they don't get their money back, and you can't change the dates. Mm-hmm. Calling us to say I need to change my dates, and the OTA in question told me to call you. Right. It's like I don't even have your money yet. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's something that listeners that's should understand. That's the next
1: thing I was going to talk about. Our guests think that we took their money, but we we haven't even <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> When you book your reservation in June for your stay in August, the person that has your money is the third party booking agent that you called. Mm -hmm. Because the hotel doesn't get paid until the day you check in.
1: And sometimes even later.
0: Yeah. But Mm -hmm. normally that virtual card is activated on the day of arrival and that is it. Mm -hmm. So you book three months from now, you have to cancel two days from today and you're calling the hotel wanting your refund, I'm going to tell you, you have to call the third party. That's just the way it is. They have your money.
1: I think another topic that would help our guests be better travelers is our check-in and check-out time.
0: Oh, absolutely. Those are not
1: suggestions. Yeah. We're not <laughs> it's su- a rule. We're not suggesting you leave at 11 a.m. You, you have to go.
0: Yeah, we're, um, we're telling you it's time to go.
1: Yes, especially if, we have, if we're if we booked up that night. We need our housekeepers to get in there as soon as possible. Depending on the hotel you're in, you have X amount of rooms to flip. And they better be ready by 4 p.m. because the next group of guests is here.
0: Yes, because then the next <laughs> group of guests is there.
1: Or when they try to check in at 5 a.m.
0: Oh, that's my favorite. Uh, yeah, I know it's early in the day, but I've got a reservation, wanted to check in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: it's your night auditor trying to check them in in the morning. <laughs> it's like <laughs> 5 a.m. Uh, and guests don't understand that four o'clock is check-in time.
1: So I guess a suggestion or a rule of thumb, if you are planning on arriving at 5 a.m., book the night before.
0: Absolutely.
1: And I mean, it would be nice to let night auditor know, hey, I'm coming. Don't no show me. Or I guess no show me and then fix it later, you know. Don't sell the room.
0: Yeah, just note that you're going to be arriving at 5 a.m. on the day after. Yeah, the day after. You know who's really, really good, like culturally, Mm. you know who are really, really good about that are Australians. Yes. You know, maybe it's because of the dateline change. Maybe it's just because that's the thing in Australia. I don't know. Maybe
1: they just use common sense. Oh, it's not so common.
0: (laughs) Um, A resort that I worked at did a lot of business with Australia, Mm -hmm. and that was so common. Mm-hmm. So common.
1: Some of my groups that come from Australia, they, they know that mm-hmm. they're coming at whatever time and and they'll tell me like, hey, we need a book to arrive this day because, you know, we're coming in at five in the morning. And it's like, oh, OK. It's yeah. so nice when they already know and you can just like put it in the contract and get mm-hmm. everything ready for them. It's so much easier.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, and then, you know, to that point, though, it's like you have some, you know, groups, especially traveling teams Mm -hmm. where they've gotten really savvy about that. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll book 15 rooms for, for example, Friday night, Mm -hmm. but they're coming in at 5 a.m. on Friday morning and some of them will book like two rooms for that first day so that they have a place to drop their bags. They have a Mm -hmm. place to shower and change. You know, kids can, you know, nap if they need to. Or
1: when they, or when they're checking out, when they need to check out later because, that, let's say, their flight is leaving later, mm-hmm. but they want to, they have to a tournament, so they'll check out all the rooms, but then they'll extend two, so right. that the kids can shower up, get ready, and like take off. So that's when you know they're like creme de la creme. Yeah, trousers. my
0: fa- Okay, so my favorite, and by favorite, I mean least favorite on this is the teams that come in for tournaments Mm -hmm. that book their departure on the day of their last game and then do really well in the tournament. And then they're upset with us because we're asking them to check out, but they're at the tournament.
1: Yeah. that's. mm -mm.
0: Yeah. You you can't do that.
1: Okay. But the sports segment is a little soft for me because, you know, I, Uh, I I specialize in sports. A few years ago, so yes, I get you. But we we have to be the ones that teach them, absolutely, of, because they don't know, they don't understand the process. A lot of them will try to get by and say, "Well, if we lose the tournament on the third, if you know, if we get disqualified and we have to leave, like, what can we leave without a charge?" Uh, no, yeah, because you left me holding all these rooms. I can't let you leave without a charge. And, you know, then they'll they'll try to get funny and, and say, well, we're not even going to be there. And I was like, well, are you going to check out at 11? No. Well, technically, you're staying the whole night. Yeah. So that's when, that's when you have to kind of teach these. Um, uh, they're not even travel agents. It's literally like the parents.
0: Team organizers. Of, yeah. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, as, as much as we've said, like, suggestions on how, People can be better travelers. Mm-hmm. I think you could take from this part of the conversation the fact that there's better conversations that hotel employees can have.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so you know the sales team that's selling those those tournament rooms needs to ask the questions of when's the last game.
1: Mm-hmm. You have to be. Uh, we understand curious.
0: that. Yeah, we we understand that the tournament's based on brackets. What time is the last game? Mm-hmm. You know, because then they're looking at it going, okay, well, if this group does go to the final game, their final game is not scheduled until five, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: they're not going to be checking out at at 11 Mm a.m. This is just not the case. Mm
1: -hmm. That's the tricky part with sports. And a lot of hotels don't like to play with sports for that reason, you know, because they're so wishy-washy. I think once you have an idea of how they work, it's kind of like a puzzle, you know? Occupancy mm-hmm. in hotels and inventory is like a puzzle. So one, I think once you have that down, you can really figure out. And if you know, I mean, it's it's sad, but if you know that the team kind of sucks <laughs> um, or they're not going to make it, you can kind of, you know, oversell a little because they're going to leave. And you can play, you can you move that puzzle around in, in that matter, but it's tricky, I will say. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There was there was a hotel that I worked at that used to do business every year with a city that is uh, south of us about an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, every year the team was good enough to make the playoffs, the, the make it to tournament, but they were never good enough.
1: You told me this story to
0: to make it to day right to day two or day well sometimes to day two never to day three yeah. Um, you know, so they would book in, you know, 15 rooms for 3 nights. So you're looking at 45 room nights. And then they would they would deuce the bed on the first day and all the rooms would check out. So you instantly lose 30 room nights. But they have the ability to do that because it's not written into the contract for mm. early departure due to the fact that they lose or attrition, or anything like that, because the argument from sales is, oh, well, they come here every year. The argument from operations is, yeah, they come here every year, and they leave us holding the bag mm-hmm. because they're not good enough to go through. And it's not diss on the teams and their ability to play, but it's the fact that you just you had a contract with us for forty-five nights, you leave after the first night, so you leave me hanging with thirty room mm-hmm. nights that I can't rebook. Right. You know, so we lose $6,000 because you lost a game
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you're not going to sign a contract. That's, that's one of the things that's frustrating about sports groups that are within driving distance. Now, conversely, there were teams that would come in from out of state that wouldn't do well. They would, you know, drop out on day one, sometimes day two. And rather than leave, they would go to the beach. Write they would out. go to the mm-hmm. amusement parks. They mm-hmm. would, they would enjoy it. The other teams would just go home.
1: Right. That. Conversation reminded me of a sales, sell the dream operations. We talked Uh, about that the other
0: episode too. Yeah. Sales sells the dream. Ops lives the nightmare. Um, Sorry, ops. Sorry, sales.
1: I mean, (laughs) I started in ops. Okay. So I kind of try to keep it all. No,
0: you know what? Working with you was great. Oh, thanks. Um, Legitimately. It's like I worked with you in a different capacity than I did in a previous ops role with sales. Mm-hmm. This was much more of a, a peer-to-peer, but the working relationship we have is one of those where it's like, you just kind of know what, it's left hand, right hand. You just kind of know what you other, each other's doing. Mm-hmm. The things that you would discuss with clients, the details that you would cover, I personally never saw the sales sells the dream adage at our hotel.
1: Mm-hmm. I think once you have an idea of what ops does, you become a better seller or, you know, a more efficient seller, I would say. It's definitely helped me having background in ops, but also everything you taught me, like, oh my God, everything you taught me (laughs) from the time we were close, you know, like you are so hands-on. I've never seen that with a GM. And I think part of your background, you know, is what's, what's made you who you are now too, you know? Like I didn't know how to do the caulking on the bathtubs like I learned
0: well yeah but I mean as a sales leader why would you need to oh right but what you learned was not just how to apply caulking right you, you understood the process of how long it takes to to
1: dry well, and all that
0: you know the, the removal the cleanup, you know the application the dry time and the difference between an experienced maintenance tech and uh, you know the new guy on the on the team, right? It's like you got to see all that and you understood the depth and the breadth,
2: the process
0: of the process, mm-hmm. and it translated. Right. Look, you said to me that I'm hands on. Mm-hmm. And I would not disagree, but I've never met a salesperson that is as hands-on as you are. You know, at most I had some sales folks that would help you move, you know, a banquet table, like the big rounds yeah, or, you know, a couple of chairs and then mysteriously they disappear to their office. Oh, I got a, I got a, a meeting, I have a thing, whatever. And they're gone. Mm-hmm. That's not the case of working with you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I mean, how many, t- God, having to run water during during the closures and all those other things that we had to deal with. I was very happy to work with you. And
1: same here.
0: I mean, as salespeople go, definitely the most hands on. (laughs) Oh, shucks.
1: Don't cry. Don't cry.
0: I know. I know. But you know, I still send you emails almost every day. I know. It's like, we kind of
1: still work together.
0: Okay. So I want to talk about the grossest guest you've ever had in your hotel and why.
1: OK, you were a part of it. You were a part of my grossest guest. Well, not you, but you were uh, well, we
0: were working <laughs> Yeah,
1: on property. We, we
0: worked together at the same time. Oh, this was a uh, he was right at that that tail end of uh, when we were struggling to stay open before we closed
1: mm-hmm. before we closed. the first the first. No, the second time. Our first yes. time closing was in April. Yes. And our second time closing was in December.
0: Yeah, it was before we closed the second time.
1: You know who I'm talking about, Mr. Cuban Sensation. Yes. So, and the um, the nickname behind him was because he was Cuban, but there was nothing sensational about <laughs> this
0: guy. Nothing sensational at all. Well, <laughs> the level of his <laughs> drinking was sensational.
1: Okay. Yes. Clearly there was some struggles
0: well, definitely medical.
1: Medical, yes. He booked through one of our favorite OTAs for about 13, 14 nights. Two um, weeks. It
0: was 15 nights. Okay. Because the quarantine at that point was two weeks. It was I, 14 days. So
1: I wonder if he was quarantining with us.
0: Yeah, no, maybe he was.
1: It was definitely more like during the looser times of, like, quarantining, right? Right before it spiked up again. Yeah. Anyways, so this guest booked through a third party second night we were starting to get complaints about a smell yes down the hall and this guest was very close to our office and you know how sensitive i am with my nose i can smell everything from miles away so i think i remember telling you like do you smell that like there's some smell and you know everybody was ignoring me at that time because they thought i was crazy but but then i think it was on our night uh night audit pass that said that this guest was um, leaving dirty towels in the hallway?
0: No, it started... Well, yes, but it started off finding urine-soaked towels in the vending room that was just down the hall.
1: Oh, Lord. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, and, and then it was a couple more days where it progressed to the point where he was not taking them down the hall, and he was just dropping them out in front of his guest room.
1: Right. And then... I think I brought it up to you and I was like, is this like a, a, a health issue You know, for our employees? Because obviously our, our housekeepers didn't know what they were picking up.
0: Yeah. No, and it's bodily fluid. It's a biohazard.
1: I don't know. I think we kept giving him clean towels and he kept taking out dirty towels. And at that time, we weren't giving service to hmm. the room. So it's not like we were walking into the room. We didn't know what was going on inside. Nope. Uh, We just thought maybe, you know, it was a a bed wetter until our our front desk started saying mentioning to us that the guest would walk out of his room kind of like wobbling. Mm -hmm. And his pants seemed to be soaked. Mm -hmm. So then we you and I, we kind of kept an eye on him and we would step out when he would come out because we could hear his door open and would be like, oh to see what our agents were saying and that's when we saw like wet pants and mm-hmm. a, the stench was like it followed him and it would stay in our lobby forever oh yes uh, and it was just crazy so you know i think i think we kind of started paying more attention to him and we by then we knew what car he was driving we knew what we knew his moves, you know, and every time he would come back, he would take off, come back with like a, I don't even know, like I'm not familiar with my beer cases. Full,
0: full cases of beer, like 36 packs. Yes. I mean, 36 beers and he would like leave twice a day to go get beer. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how he could drink that much liquid, let alone beer.
1: Well, he did. I mean. Well, I mean,
0: when I, when ugh, yeah. I remember talking to him. And the smell that was coming off him was just horrific,
1: right? It was and I think you, I think you asked him, like, do you? Is there a medical condition? Or- yeah,
0: is there? Basically, I, I was I was trying not to be like rude and put him on the spot, but I asked him, you know, do you have a medical condition that we need to be aware of? Right. Because he had no bladder control,
2: mm-hmm.
0: so the bed he he would use was soaked not just the mattress but when we
1: I forgot how we found how we found out what was going on though. I think we I think we just opened the well, door I had, one time when he left, right? Just to
0: Well, I didn't know that he had left. We were I was sensor. trying to get a hold of him. He wouldn't answer the door. Mm-hmm. So, after knocking and knocking and knocking, I I basically just announced, you know, management coming in. When I opened the door, that's when the 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 true devastation of the smell and the sight hit me. You know, it's like the, the room was covered from wall to wall with empty beer cans. He was using the nightstand as an ashtray.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the bed was soaked with urine to the point where it had penetrated the, um, the waterproof cover that's on the mattress itself.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It went through that, through the entire depth of the mattress out the bottom of that encasement, to through the, the box spring, into the carpet, all the way to the concrete. Mm-hmm. It was just urine on top of urine.
1: But the cute part was the air freshener. Yes. On the, on the Th- nightstand. The can of
0: air freshener. Like,
1: that, that, that was cute. Like, I've really never, tried.
0: Yeah. I've never seen so many beer cans in a room from one human being.
1: Right. It so... It was Amazing. Yeah, unfortunately, obviously, you know, we had to kick him out. So yeah. he had to. Well,
0: go. I asked him to leave. I mean, he was he was putting all of us in in a in a bad situation.
1: It was yeah, it was not. not he needed
0: better. a long. He needed a he needed a long care facility.
1: But they were going to give him beers. That's true. Yeah. So um, at the end of it all, he damaged our room so bad that room had to be renovated. That room had to be <laughs> tore up. From, we, took,
0: we took it down to the drywall.
1: From the ceiling all the way to the floor. And I mean, I feel like he he must have known that he messed up because we charged that card for however much money that thousands room cost us and he never he never blinked, he never called, he never complained. No. He just went on his merry way and I, I hope he's doing well. I hope he's I hope he's Taking care of his situation, you know, but um, I kind of get the feeling that he was kind of, like tired of life.
0: Yeah, like, like he he had given up. Yeah. The uh, what what was the term? The light of his life had gone out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he was kind of, and, and I mean, it was sad because he was definitely drinking and driving. Yeah. So not only was he in trouble, but he was putting others in at risk too. Yeah. So.
0: Well, I think this is a good point to, to end this for this episode. Okay. Natalie, I appreciate you being here, your time, your stories. Always always nice to see you. Hopefully mm-hmm. we can have you back again.
1: Absolutely. It hasn't been too awkward. It was not at all. So We have more stories.
0: Oh, so many war stories. Mm. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.
1: Bye.